Welcome to On Air, a podcast by Fempelat. We host bi-weekly discussions with inspiring founders and professionals from all around the world to talk about their journey, aspirations, and the power of connection. My name is Clara, and I'm the co-founder of Fempelat, a career development platform for women. My today's guest is Nina Formanek-Jaganecová. Nina aspires to have a positive impact on our society through her NGO, Sifty. By combining what she considers most important, health and education. Prevention through education, as she puts it, was the main motivation again in starting her second health tech venture, HealthBase. And all that while raising two little boys. Stay for that with us. Hi Nina, my today's guest is Nina Formanek Jagan Yachová. Uh, do I pronounce your name correctly, Nina? It's Jagan Yatsova, but Jagan Yatsova. you're way better than most of people trying to pronounce <laughs> Thank you. Please say hi to our listeners. Hi, everyone. Nina is uh, a member of our community. She's the co-founder of Safety and Health Base. And it's my great pleasure to be chatting with her today about her story and about all the people that helped her on her journey. You might hear uh, her kids in the background from time to time. So that's just part of podcast. <laughs> all right, Nina, uh, I'd like to ask an opening question, which I ask all of our guests. And that is, mm-hmm. when you were a kid, what did you want to be when you grow up? Wow. Uh, when I was a kid, I wanted to be a partly professional athlete, no matter which sport. It was uh, different every week. Uh, then I wanted to be a psychiatrist, then I wanted to be a lawyer, then I wanted to be an astronaut. <laughs> but so there was a, clearly I was ambitious, <laughs> but I wasn't sure my focus was always changing. But um, yeah, I kept a little bit of some of those <laughs> interests. Like I'm still doing sports and I'm still uh, kind of leaning, always leaning towards healthcare. But uh, how about yeah. being an astronaut? How does that translate into your current life? Yeah, sometimes I like to be on my own. <laughs> maybe that's why. Yeah, and maybe taking the leap of faith and getting something off the ground, yeah. meaning your two projects, that could be also kind of a metaphor yeah. there. Uh, Nina, you're originally from Sarajevo. Mm-hmm. You were raised in the Czech Republic. You studied abroad in London. You worked across the ocean in the New York City, <laughs> then in Luxembourg, Kazakhstan. Uh, now you're back in the Czech Republic living with your family and running two health tech businesses. So <laughs> how did this very fruitful journey reveal itself in front of you? For me, the whole thing was pretty gradual because uh, first I was doing, you know, uh, I studied economics and I was a bit, you know, I wasn't sure what I want to do, what's my main focus, but being born to two doctors, I was always leaning towards health and, uh, I was actually considering being a doctor myself, but then somehow, I, I don't know, it, even my parents were like, don't be a doctor. <laughs> It's too much work forever. And, you know, you're always under pressure. And But I, that wasn't the reason. It just, I don't know, it worked out to me that I more preferred uh, calculations and math. And, and <laughs> so I went to study economics. And... Um, Then the first of these experiences you mentioned was Kazakhstan and I was still at school and it was an uh, internship in UNICEF and that's where the whole thing changed and why I went to Kazakhstan was because my uncle was living there mm-hmm. at the time he works for the World Bank and I, I felt like okay I need some 
I want to work in, in English, to, you know, speak English, and I want a different environment to see what else is there. And uh, I was always, uh, even with my dad's uh, civic organization, I was always helping uh, with SOS Children's Villages and with uh, many humanitarian projects. So I felt like UNICEF children, that's, you know, something I'm really uh, interested in. So that was perfect thing to go. And also, <laughs> clearly, I saved a lot of money by living with my uncle. And I was really happy to see them because they're normally uh, based in uh, Washington. So uh, it was a little reunion as well. So there I saw all these Millennium Development Goals and, you know, development uh, of the whole world. And how am I going to, you know, get involved in that? Because I, I felt really passionate about it. and. Uh, that's when I realized, okay, this is probably the, the thing I'm, I'm really excited about and I want to learn more about. So when I went to apply for my master's, I ended up studying international development and social policy. And it was whole step-by-step -step, uh, mm -hmm. thing. And in the meantime, before I, uh, then, then of course I deferred my studies so I could take another internship and I was in New York uh, with Czech Mission to the UN. So there was a, you know, step by step, it was just, okay, I'm really excited about this. Let's, let's see what I can do about, it. okay, the topic is interesting. So let's see what are the options. And with the Czech mission uh, to the UN, it was actually quite simple. You, I, I just emailed all of them <laughs> who work there <laughs> and see what, what's going to happen. And they said, okay, you're interested. So let's, let's see what we can do about it. I sent my CV and it was just, uh, you know, I, I felt, okay, this is interesting. Let's just try and, you know, see what happens. Really cool. How did you end up coming back to the Czech Republic? Well, I was in love <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I already started uh, dating my now husband and father of my two kids before I left to London. Uh, so it was uh, for me two years of long distance relationship and he uh, has a company here. So he was in Prague and it was uh, pretty difficult at times. Uh, but still I knew, okay, we're going to end up together. So we just have to, you know, survive a few years <laughs> of me trying to pursue my career and stuff. <laughs> so there was no doubt in our relationship, you know, uh, being strong enough for it, but eventually it, it was really exhausting for me. Mm. So when I was in Luxembourg, that was the hard few months for me. I was there for like six months. And what was there? Sorry. I was at European Commission uh, mm -hmm. working in um, health sector, <laughs> in uh, health determinants unit. And I was really, uh, when it comes to the job and the team and the whole experience from professional side, I was super lucky and I had amazing team. They gave me a lot of responsibilities and trust since the very beginning. They were all really cool people and I really enjoyed my work, but I didn't enjoy anything else because I was really exhausted of, you know, starting new life, making new friends again settling somewhere without my boyfriend and you know so i was really i wasn't feeling okay this is the the place where i want to be so, so although i needed something smaller than london and, and new york after some time in mm -hmm. super big cities um but then i decided okay that's it i i need to go home because i wanted to you know build my relationship and but but at the same time that was amazing for you know, my personal life, because clearly it's working out fine mm -hmm. uh, with kids and stuff. But uh, at the same time, I didn't know what to do with my job because I came back to Prague after all these big international, uh, you know, organizations. And I really 
had a really good start at the commission and I really liked the job and I liked the money, of course, but I liked the, what, what I was uh, seeing, the connections I had, the impact I could eventually bring. And I really enjoyed that. But then I came here and I was like, okay, we're not too small to need uh, international organizations from outside to help us so we don't have local offices, but we're not big and rich enough to you know, send it uh, to developing countries and stuff. So, so I didn't know what to do. And uh, I started, I also started at the Ministry of Health here, but it wasn't for me at all. <laughs> so I left very quickly. No offense to the ministry, it just wasn't for me. <laughs> um, so, and I was, I was really, I didn't know what to do. Honestly, it took me a few months to realize and I, I was lucky to have um, some friends in like marketing agency who were like, okay, just come work for us before, until you realize what, what is it that you want to do. And they helped me a lot. And it was a lot of fun too, actually. Uh, usually Picked really up some cool. new skills. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that was actually very helpful later because I made uh, so many connections, like uh, when it comes to graphic designers and, you know, whoever I need now. It, so we made friends. We, I met new people. I learned new, even technologies that I can use now for either, you know, team management or whatever platforms there. And uh, now I'm using it for my businesses and I'm still the graphic designer that I met there is my graphic designer for everything I do. So, <laughs> awesome. And, and oh, the copywriters are helping, helping me with some work and stuff. So it's all of it really made sense. And it doesn't mean that like the minute I decided, okay, I want to do help and I suddenly had everything. No, it was just, uh, I don't know what to do now. Let's just give a try to, uh, with something else and see what happens. Really so cool. eventually <laughs> I got to the to my businesses, but it was a long journey. Uh, you took a step to the side, uh, worked for a marketing agency for a while while figuring out what is it that you want to do. And that's when the idea to start Sifty came into life, right? So the idea of Sifty kind of, the little seed was there since working at European Commission because I got, I was working with data and I was working in the unit that was, I was actually focusing on alcohol. So <laughs> clearly that's very Czech topic to focus on. Um, so I was always really frustrated about how little we know about all these topics surrounding alcohol regarding, you know, health and uh actually the economic burden of you know solving all the alcoholic problems and everything that comes with it and uh, as i was actually when i was at the commission i was uh, helping with running something called a european alcohol and health forum which was really awkward uh, huge meetings of alcohol sellers and uh, people solving alcoholic uh, you know issues so they were kind of we were trying to make them communicate. Yeah, it was very like, <laughs> I hope nobody's gonna get mad at me, but when I say like, the way I felt it was, oh, you're trying to, you know, kill people by selling alcohol. And the other part would say, oh, you're trying to kill us and our businesses, you know, by not letting us sell alcohol. It's their decision. So, but, but you know, it's, it's difficult because as it's not regulated by law, then at the same time, you know, both sides are right in a way. So it's, uh, so it was really difficult and I, the, the forum is not even in place anymore. So no wonder. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so, so for me, I was really confused by how little we know about health and that all the information is out there. 
And I was really frustrated because whatever I would come and say to my friends or family, they're like, oh, really? I didn't know. And, uh, but that would be really cool to know. It's a fun fact or something. And then uh, I got married <laughs> after that. And it, we were actually in Sri Lanka on honeymoon with my husband. Uh, and I was still talking about it. And then he was the one actually saying, okay, let's, let's think about how to, you know, tell it to people, how to give them this information and how do you want to pursue it? And actually, initially I was thinking, wow, this is a really cool job of these external companies that come and make all the analytics for European commission. Mm -hmm. So initially I was thinking, this is what I would want to do. Cause I was actually working with them from the commission side. I was like, okay, this is, this is fun. They make all these, you know, um, papers and analytics and stats. And that's something I'm really enjoying uh, doing and writing. And, uh, and I was like, but then I would have to travel all the time. I most likely have to live somewhere else <laughs> at some point, and which was not my goal at the time. Um, although I, I'm always very open to traveling and working and living a bit somewhere else. I don't know. It's, I guess it comes from me, my first three-year-old moving <laughs> to another yeah. country. Um, so yeah, but in Sri Lanka, actually, with my husband, he he's a he's a big visionary. Yeah guy <laughs> so he helped me a lot with the the initial idea and then i just started writing and actually i gave birth to my, my first son when i was finishing first version of the website and clearly again we're doing new website because that seems like a never-ending story and uh, it was si it, literally six weeks after i gave birth my husband told me can you just launch it like you're never gonna be happy with it just launch it <laughs> So I launched it when awesome. I have goosebumps like actually. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's so cool. One that your uh, husband supports you in such a way that you're yeah. on your honeymoon and he's like pushing you towards starting a new business. And mm -hmm. second, that he is able to give you this feedback like Nina, stop. You're a perfectionist, mm -hmm. and this way you're never <laughs> gonna launch it. So it's uh, so great to have someone to be the mirror for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So with Sifty, you started putting together health statistic information in a user-friendly form, like that people, that regular people can understand it. Is that right? How yeah. did the company change over time? Well, uh, it became an NGO. Actually, mm -hmm. of course, initial talk was this big, uh, big ass company that would you know make all these statistics for a commission. But then I realized, okay, they don't need that. They have a lot of those. I need to teach people about these things. Mm -hmm. And um, so I started just writing some short articles. But what I'm really, uh, I get really frustrated about these random uh, facts, so-called facts that people like to post everywhere and it's not uh, from any reliable source. So that's kind of the main, main thing, like keeping it simple, short, understandable and use relevant sources. So in every article, or infographic we have below like kind of academic work all the resources we're using because for me this is really crucial um, and we started with just writing some articles and making uh, simple infographics uh, which to me is now a very friendly way of um, showing people you know some information and, and uh, making it attractive to them because clearly Prevention and health is not usually the most attractive topic everyone wants to learn about until they're sick. Mm. And that's the people we want to focus on while they're still healthy. 
it's important to think about it and make some rational and educated decisions about their health. So uh, since I realized, okay, we need to focus on youth because youth is where it all starts, right? Where we become clearly in Western world or developed countries, the biggest issues and like the biggest cause of death of people is uh, chronic diseases. And often, you know, something else, there's like some uh, organ failure, but they say, okay, he died of whatever chronic disorder the person had or issue. Um, so I realized, okay, where it all starts, where we really start messing up our health is when uh, we're young and we start, you know, drinking, smoking, going out, not sleeping, eating junk food and stuff. Mm -hmm. So we started with uh, working with schools, with high schools. And we now have five different um, topics that we discuss with them. My, my favorite is uh, the you know, risk behavior and, and what we do, which is exactly not sleeping, no physical activity, mm. smoking, drinking, drugs. And, but then we have like how to um, work, how to, you know, of course, food is the, the main thing for everyone what we eat, how we eat it, when we eat it. But at the same time, I don't like, um, maybe it's just me, but I don't like, you know, very strict diets for everyone. I don't believe in one solution for everyone when it comes mm -hmm. to anything. So we have always a professional from the field who comes and talks to the kids. And usually it's like half of the time the kids are asking questions because it's something that is really relatable to everyone. Mm -hmm. So for example, me, I always talk to them about... Uh, so how long do you sleep usually? How many hours do you sleep per week? And they, they're like, oh, I should have slept more. I didn't know. I thought six hours is enough. It's not enough for, you know, the, you know a body that is not yet adult, <laughs> which is something they don't want to hear. And they have no idea about the impact. Clearly, who thinks about, you know, impact in 20 years when you're yeah. like 50 So that's kind of what we're doing now. We even had some campaigns, but I have to say, I prefer the online work, like writing articles and doing nice little infographic. And at the same time, working with the kids. I'm not really enjoying everything else as much, like mm -hmm. um, making big campaigns and, you know, trying to talk celebrities into, you know, sharing stuff. And mm -hmm. it's not my kind of... And, and also, what is not really good quality of mine when I started an NGO, I'm not a biggest fan of fundraising. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. I hate asking people for anything. So that's a really tough, uh, that, that's the biggest challenge for me. I hate asking for help. Mm. Does someone help you out? Well, with safety, I have a team of people who are really awesome. Actually, that's how I met my co-founder of the other, uh, mm -hmm. of, of Health uh, Misha, who really is uh, passionate about health. And she started writing articles from once in a while. And then eventually she became chief and editor because I already had, you know, almost two kids at the time. Mm. <laughs> There's one away just now. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll be back in a second. Sorry. Yeah, no worries. Well, with the team also, I was very lucky because it was, um, I always felt like I could do everything on my own, clearly. That's not the case. <laughs> mm -hmm. But I, I never really asked for help, but somehow when you, I feel like when you're really passionate about stuff, that it just comes naturally that, you know, mm -hmm. we talk about it and people get interested and, for help it just somehow works out always 
uh, for the best, I think. And that's also something that I actually, when I was <laughs> offer help, I love that she said that because when I was working with SOS Children's Villages, it was from former Yugoslav countries. So clearly, they, there are very different options um, for post-war uh, post-war countries uh, and kids, and especially for kids without their parents and in um, other institutions. So I would always tell them, you know, whatever you need, just ask. Ask whoever you can ask. Just ask them. Don't be afraid. And some of them actually come and ask us. Even today, it's like ten years later when these kids are you know, young adults and they want to start some career and start working somewhere, you know, or leave the country and just see some other, you know, experience. So they reach to us and they come to Prague and we try to help them for at least certain amount of time, you know, to work from here. So for me, offering help is very, I think it's very natural for people, but it's really hard to, usually it's hard for us to ask for it. So that was my problem too, but then eventually I learned how to do it. Um, and also when, when it comes to my team, I feel like now it's the best I could have because I don't really need to do too many things uh, with them physically in the office. Mm -hmm. So we can work from home. Uh, we have experts coming to schools and uh, one of my colleagues, uh, Simcha, she always comes and she takes care of everything because I clearly was with the kids, so I couldn't always be there. Mm -hmm. And uh, I have no doubt that when I'm not physically there, it's going great. So, you know, so it's, it takes some time, but eventually it will all work out. Just, I feel like it's hard for people to think about their own behavior, you know? So I always try to start with me like, okay, did I, did I say this, uh, you know, did I give her proper instructions? Does it make sense? What I want, I can't be upset that something is not done in a way I wanted it because I never explained it well and stuff. So I try to think about that and I hope they're as happy as I'm with them. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You mentioned that you uh, met Misha as one of your team members mm -hmm. in safety and you started a company together recently uh, mm -hmm. that's called Health Base. Can you tell us a little bit more about how the idea started? What were the biggest challenges and where you are now? So uh, it was all very, again, gradual because it all started with the safety meeting and trying to figure out how to digitalize whatever we're doing and how to make it more useful and how to get to people. Um, you know, educating people is the key for prevention. That's our kind of the main thing we like to say. So. And we believe actually, not just we like to say, but that's something I believe uh, very deeply. And um, so we were in a meeting with also another colleague, Simcha, that I mentioned recently. And uh, we were trying to go, oh, shall we do some app for safety, you know, but will people read about health in your app? Like, why would they, you know, it's too broad and there are apps for everything and everyone needs just a, one topic they're curious about. And we started thinking about mm -hmm. it and we spent hours uh, in the meeting and in the very end, I was like, it all kind of took a really big spin. And again, before you mentioned like uh, who I ask, you know, or who can I, if I can talk to my husband and stuff, then uh, it was him again who came with another idea. So clearly I, I, <laughs> I'm very lucky with uh, his help because he really is uh, interested in whatever I do and he tries to give me as much support as he can. Uh, given that he's running a 
medium sized company or is it big now? I don't even know. So he started, why don't you offer this to, you know, everyone? Why don't you offer this to clinics? Like they might be interested, right? And then we started thinking about it with Misha and brainstorming and brainstorming. And that's actually when I joined uh, Fempelet uh, mentoring program, Fempreneurs, which really took a big uh, spin for me because I had an amazing mentor. And I actually, I have to say, I'm not saying it because I'm talking to you now, but because it's true. <laughs> uh, I really love that you guys, since I wasn't very too specific about what I, why am I applying? <laughs> like I was trying to be, and uh, we spoke about it, but it was clear that I'm not 100% sure, okay, this is the main goal I wanna set, and this is the you know, step I'm taking, and I need this and I need that. But I was like, okay, I have this idea and I'm not sure how to develop it and how to you know, grasp it. And uh, you gave me options of choosing between potential mentors. And I think that was really crucial because uh, even I and Misha, we both tried to learn everything about both. And I was like, okay, I think the one I ended up with, Oleg, was like, okay, I think Oleg will be the best fit for whatever we're trying to get to. And, and he was, he really helped me a lot. And actually we're, I'm calling him next week, even though the program has ended a few months ago. Um, and that was something that helped me uh, really a lot because he's from completely different sector. Now he's in uh, venture capital, but he had experience with technology and uh, with technology companies and uh, he had his own startup. So he was really in a, in a best position that he could help me. Mm. And he saved me so much time. He like really, I, I was surprised how invested, you know, a person you don't know at all mm. is in something that he really liked. He, I believe he liked what we're doing because mm. uh, he really was helping us much more than, you know, was in the program. It's like something you offer, but then eventually we spent that we spent way more time together and, uh, he was meeting my co-founder because she's, uh, I don't think we mentioned that, but she's uh, an AI student and she's really good at what she's doing. Mm -hmm. So she's a technological part of it. Uh, and I'm the one who comes with all these, uh, I want to do this. Uh, I want to, you know, actually one of the first points was me being at home with kids, with my phone complaining that, uh, why don't I have everything in my phone? Like, it's really annoying. Because I have two kids with their, you know, health cards. It's like a little notebook or something with everything in there. Once I lose it or I spill something on it, which uh, every parent knows it's like 55 times a day. Um, when I spill something on it, it's, it's all gone. And you it kind of, even if, you know, the doctor can give you everything back, maybe not, maybe yes, but I want to have it. I want to keep it forever, you know? Mm. When they were this little, when they were, he was four months, he was this big. And, you know, those are things I want to remember. So I was also annoyed that, you know, at the doctors, you just get some paper and you either lose it or don't lose it. And uh, if you lose it, <laughs> it's even hard to reach the doctors and stuff. So kind of step by step from what I would need, what people generally hopefully need as well, mm -hmm. uh, could enjoy. We started developing and building on. And as for where we're now... <laughs> Now we're uh, finally uh, having a very specific um, goals, <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, short-term and long-term, 
it's really big so I don't even know where to start with long term because <laughs> yeah. uh, we feel like oh we want to you know we want everyone to have it because it's going to help people and we want to involve safety in the app because we want to have an educational part of it because that's the the big passion for us no matter what and uh, we want to connect both the NGO and the company and we want you know clinics and patients to have easy communication but at the same time to be safe and you know so it's so many things and then there's a lot of you know um infrastructure like technological infrastructure that i have no clue about and misha is trying to explain it to me and i always feel like a you know five-year-old trying to understand something super complex and uh, she's luckily very patient with me and having my kids in our all of our meetings at least one of the kids um but yeah now we're talking to investors and narrowing down the like defining very specific steps of the of the way and i now i have to knock for everything again mm -hmm. uh, i think we're on a really good way of uh, having an investor and starting developing oh congratulations that's amazing fingers crossed for that can you maybe sum up for our listeners in i don't know one sentence or two what will the product of HealthBase do? In one sentence, okay, that's the topic <laughs> for me, as you can see, or here. <laughs> um, it will uh, be a personal manage manager for, uh, like health manager for uh, everyone. We want to initially focus on chronic disease. Uh, uh, clearly, it's the biggest issue and mm -hmm. economic burden on uh, health uh, healthcare. And it will also, it will be a tool for clinics for and for patients so they can communicate and share data but at the same time we want to use uh, artificial intelligence to predict potential health outcomes based on the medical history so it can help both sides and also it will be a perfect remote surveillance for uh, clinics that will have some kind of relationship with the patient apart from 10 minutes that patient either comes or doesn't come to the office when she's in actual pain, <laughs> you know. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. that's something we want to work on because we feel like both, side will, both sides will, will benefit from it. Yeah, really cool. Thank you for summing up. One question that maybe comes from my frustrations. As you mentioned, there is an app for everything and there is an app for that and that. And mm -hmm. uh, there is app that records your sleep. There is an app that records how much you exercise, your menstruation yeah, cycle yeah. and everything. Mm -hmm. Will health base any ambition to like merging all those in, in being a place where you can really keep track of your overall health or use those apps as a source or something like that? Yes, <laughs> we definitely want to use all the wearables and uh, all the apps that are out there because we do not want to replace them we want to kind of settle it into and put it in one platform mm -hmm. um, because we don't really need to know all these details and we don't really need to go very deeply into specific apps um, but different doctors need different information in order to be able to establish uh, you know patients health correctly and their lifestyle is clearly a crucial information to know and usually something that doctors don't really get to because they don't have time with all these doctors uh, with all these patients involved we don't want to replace doctors that that's the thing we don't want to you know go into place of anyone we just want to make it easier 
and use the information that is all there and just combine it in a way that we can analyze and uh, help people perhaps give them warning. Okay, if you're gonna, I don't wanna threaten them, like hey, if you're gonna live like that for five years, you're <laughs> done. No, <laughs> no things like that. But, you know, just to think about it a little bit and perhaps somehow squeeze in some uh, article about why you should, I don't know, really finish uh, taking your antibiotics once you're given them and, mm. you know, all, all these uh, potential really, stupid mistakes we make every day just by not knowing yeah uh, about the outcomes so totally so yeah we definitely want to use it all <laughs> but we're not gonna have access to you know people's uh all medical data and information we're just gonna have anonymous very basic stuff that we would need to just send it to them and and tell them okay be a bit more cautious about this perhaps or also the crucial thing is this data shared between doctors. Because for example, in our healthcare system in Czech Republic, it's very divided. And even by law, hospitals cannot share uh, patients' information. Mm. So it needs to come from the patient. And that we're back in the me losing a paper when I come back from my you know doctor. So we want the patient to have it all in their pockets whenever they need it. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to start using it once i get the chance thank you i want, want to see what what my friend and our community member built with her with her co-founder and second <laughs> and, as, and second as a as a user because i'm really interested in what you're doing nina thank you so much for sharing one more personal question the listeners could notice that you had your baby with you during the podcast that you have two boys raising them up together with your husband, Tomáš. You're basically working on two businesses um, and you were launching them with each birth, <laughs> technically. <laughs> so I tend, to, I tend to always say about Nina that you're a superwoman, but that's not <laughs> an actual thing, like you're still a human. Do you have any tips on how you combine family, home, work time and what does help you uh thank you first of all uh, i have really bad days sometimes <laughs> sometimes it's a little overwhelming um but for me i have really big support in my family from both sides mine and uh, my husband's and my husband is clearly amazing as you you've heard <laughs> multiple times in this podcast so he's a big support but uh sometimes it, it gets difficult I make it difficult for myself sometimes because I put a lot of pressure and I want to be, you know, the best mom possible. So when the kids are awake and they're around me and I'm alone with them, I never work because I don't want to work. I want to give them my full attention, which clearly I cannot when it's two of them. So that's killing me as well. Sometimes I want to give them both the best. Yeah. So that's a tricky one. Um, but uh, when it comes to like family and, and home, how it works at our home, my husband, for example, when he comes home, he doesn't work. It, sometimes, of course, he has a phone call or something. But when he's home, he's home. So when I really need to do something and I really need to work, I tell him, okay, I need like half an hour or, you know, an hour or something. And I just, you know, disappear upstairs and, and hide myself in a room. But eventually, with, with the Fempreneurs program, we had a few calls with experts if you speak to any of them that spoke to me, they were always my kids uh, in the calls. 
and uh, I actually I don't mind it and I learned that people don't mind it at all mm -hmm. that I think it's just some stigma surrounding us that like uh, kids shouldn't be around you when you're on a phone call or something but my kids are always there and everyone seems to be fine with it no one complained yet and when I felt like it's too much I was like I'm sorry I have to go uh, clearly I'll call you later or something and uh, but it works it always works I think we're I think it's more in our head. Also, my my uh, older son, like the big one, is two. So the big one, mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, he knows that. For example, now as well, I'm sitting at my uh, husband's parents' uh, place. I came to them so they could take care of the kids while I'm uh, here talking to you. And clearly, one was running next to me, and the other one was crying in the meantime and stuff. But when you become a mom, you learn to you know, be okay with it and it doesn't yeah. really confuse you or it doesn't, you don't lose track. Usually sometimes you do, depends on how, how poorly you slept. But I think it's important to, for me, working is part of my relaxation. I need it. Mm. I need it. Some people have, uh, and I also try to, you know, do some sports eventually, but I'm just exhausted by the end of the day. And when I finally put kids to sleep, I'm like, oh. I can work now or I can sleep or I can just do nothing. I'll just go to sleep with them. You know, those are days as well. Hmm. But, uh, but I'm one of the, you know, people who need deadlines. And when I said deadlines, then I, I always make it by the deadline, but that's just my, my nature. So that's mm -hmm. why I need to set them. So I feel like, um, setting the goals and, uh, being present because that's the, the the hardest i know everyone says it like all the time and like being present being present but for me being present is being focused on one thing that i'm doing because i can't do five at the same time because none of it will gonna you know end up great mm. so i can't half speak to my kids and half you know work and half you know clean or cook or whatever and, and run and jog or whatever i try mm. to do so, so i feel like let's just take 15 minutes straight focus on something and I would be more efficient than spending an hour trying to do it all, you know, at the same time. Mm. I really like the part uh, where you mentioned that sometimes it's our just perception of what other people might think about mm. like, I don't know, like being unprofessional when you have kids on call or what is that? Like, it's not the case at all. It adds mm. some cuteness to the, <laughs> to the <laughs> otherwise professional call. And I I totally agree with you on this that we might just ask more for understanding from other people and get comfortable mm -hmm. with that and possibly that's that's the way. Yeah, I, I really hope so. And also there is one thing uh, that my mentor uh, Oleg said once and for me that was the biggest compliment. I'm pretty sure he has no clue he even said it. But, mm -hmm. <laughs> but he uh, he said that he always thought that when you start business, you have to be there like 24 seven mm -hmm. and work all the time. And that seeing me, the way I work and the way I, you know, um, manage it and try to manage it the best way I can, like family. And we have a dog, we have a garden, and you know, I still have a husband and you know, it's not just about kids mm. and job. So he said that seeing me, now he understands that prioritizing is much more important than spending all this time on work. And for me, that was like the biggest compliment he could have given me. Nina, thank you so much for sharing all your thoughts and tips and tricks on building 
to health tech businesses. Where can our listeners find out more about you and your in your ventures? Well, clearly we have websites and of uh, each of the businesses, but uh, I'm I'm not a blogger or something. But uh, I have LinkedIn, I have Instagram, I have Facebook, you know, mm-hmm. all these uh, social media. So wherever anyone wants to reach out, feel free to. I'll be happy to help with any way I can. Cool, and we'll add the links to your to, to Sifty and to Healthbase if Healthbase yeah. will be live <laughs> by then. <laughs> Really cool. Okay, one last obligatory question, uh, because our community is always about supporting our women, giving them a shout out, how amazing they are. And we sometimes tend to forget appreciating others around us. I'd like to ask you if there are any women from your surrounding that you truly admire and would like to give a shout out to in this podcast. Wow, there's plenty of women I'd like to give. (laughs) I don't think we have time for that. But uh, First, I have to start with my mom. <laughs> That's a really super hard working. Sometimes I even call her mom. She's you're crazy. You just you don't need to work this much. But she needs. She did her PhD when she was 50 plus years old, and uh, she just felt excited about the topic, so she did her PhD apart from having a, a doctor's office. And uh, if I just ignore the fact that she ran away from the war with two kids without her husband, who stayed there to save people's lives so if I skip that crazy part then she just never stopped super hard working and she's always supportive uh, with whatever I'm doing I come from a line of strong women in my family so <laughs> I'm just gonna skip that um, I have a lot of friends who are because uh, we're now at the age where we're you know trying to we have some experience we try to develop things uh, ourselves and you know figure out the managing you know this personal life and uh, and work as you know we're in our productive and reproductive age um so that's another pressure coming through so uh, um i now want to actually say that finally and i have to uh kind of i hope she will eventually thank both of us like you and your program and me because i forced kind of my friend into joining your program as well as i was super excited about it and it really helped me a lot like very much so uh, Dita, uh, who was talking about something for so long that I got eventually annoyed. I was like, seriously, girl, you keep talking about this and you're not doing it in a way you should. And you waste so much time on like stupid things around. Just You have to stay focused. You should join this program. And she joined it and she now only talks about it like all the time. I actually spoke to her yesterday and she's like, tomorrow we're going to discuss my website. It's super exciting. And she's like, just talking about it all the time. Also, she now with the with the virus and with her focus, it, it's gonna give extra extra challenge uh, for her and her business. So I really hope she will um, manage it somehow. And I, I know she will. She will. Yeah. She's like super hardworking, so she'll be she'll be good. Yeah. Dita, kudos. Uh, Dita, by the way, has a business in travel industry, but I really believe she will find a way how to pivot it and find some disruptive idea. How can she? make it work yeah thank you so much for your time uh, i really love talking to you uh, i loved how natural it was uh, and even with the kids around so i'm pretty sure our listeners will don't mind any of the of the noises at all and will <laughs> and will smile instead so thank you so much for your time i keep fingers crossed for everything you do and please stay in touch thank you <laughs> bye-bye
Bye bye. And that's a wrap. But the fun doesn't have to stop here. If you have any questions, guest suggestions or feedback, shoot us an email to podcast at fanpalette.com. To learn more about our community, head over right now to Fanpalette Instagram or Facebook and get involved. Thank you for listening and join us in two weeks for the next episode of On Air, a podcast by Fanpalette.